0: In Haiti, a country of just over 9 million people, 75% of the population lack access to safe sanitation. And it's no surprise that the country's residents face serious health problems and that waterborne illness is one of the leading causes of infant mortality. But one organization is working hard to provide safe dignified, and affordable sanitation services to the resource-poor urban communities. Welcome to In the Business of Change, where we speak with social entrepreneurs impacting their communities and the world. I'm your host, Elisa Birnbaum, publisher and editor-in-chief of See Change Magazine. On today's episode, we speak with Sasha Kramer, co-founder and executive director of soil an organization that produces specialized toilets and transforms household waste into organic compost in our interview sasha explains how a focus on innovation local sourcing and smart partnerships are all helping soil find success in a country that's witnessed way too many organizations struggle and billions of dollars spent on failed projects
1: so Soil was founded in
0: 2006, so we, we just finished our 10th year last year. Wow, congratulations. That's very exciting. And um, the mission, the vision, why it all began? Yeah, so at Soil
1: started, um, I, I actually went to Haiti initially as a human rights observer mm-hmm. after the, the coup in 2004, and I... I went because I was very curious to better understand how the 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 social movement had had sort of was so different in my perspective than what I was reading in the US news about it. So I went and spent 2 years going back and forth um observing demonstrations and visiting political prisoners and and doing very acute human rights abuse work mm-hmm. and then during that time, um, I really I came to see that really the most prevalent human rights abuse in Haiti was poverty and and in much of the world. And I was really, as someone trained as an ecologist, I was trying to think about how to bring together ecological principles with human rights advocacy and and that got me asking people about what the most challenging issues that they faced were, and something that came up time and time again was sanitation and, and not having access to a toilet, and then also food, not being able to access locally grown, affordable food. Mm-hmm. And so, as an ecologist, I, I, I think I just began thinking about how could these two challenges be be linked, and during that time, I, I learned about composting toilets and ecological sanitation work that was happening in in Eastern Africa. Uh, and it just seemed like a, a fascinating way to sort of use the the fundamental principles of ecology to address a lot of the different symptoms of poverty simultaneously. So being able to take a sanitation problem and turn it into an agricultural solution um, was was an exciting thing to think about and in talking about that with my Haitian colleagues they they also got very excited about being able to produce a, a resource locally
0: and uh, that was how it got started. So ten years later um, what so how would you define what you're doing it now the types of uh, services or products you provide at this point and has it evolved since it started? yeah,
1: so so, what we've always done for the the ten years that soil has been around is tried to transform human waste into fertile soil through using um the process of composting to treat the waste. And so we we continue to do that. Um, and when we first started out, we we really wanted to reach the most people possible for the lowest cost with with toilets. And so we did that by building public toilets in communities that would request, they would they would come to us with a request, we would raise the money, we'd build the toilet, um, and then the community would would voluntarily manage the toilet after that. But we found after a few years of doing that, that something that, that it was very humbling in the sense that, that I feel now that we should have known this going in, but there's this assumption in development that The more need people have, the greater the level of volunteerism will be. So I think development experts assume that if you really need this toilet, you'll be willing to manage it voluntarily. And and it's actually the exact opposite of that. I mean, the the greater the need and the the more you're struggling just to survive, the, the less time you have to volunteer. So, you know, the toilets were like any toilet in the U.S. would be if you didn't pay someone to manage them. It just gets disgusting pretty much right, right. Um, so that was a that was a, a, a humbling and uh, and, and, and uh, a significant failure that we had in our our first few years lesson and
0: learned yes and learned yes, yes. The hard way. yes. <laughs> um,
1: and so so that was what pushed us to really think about how can we create a sustainable financial model for for managing this toilet, these toilets, which allows people to make a livelihood by ensuring proper sanitation. And so now what we're working on is developing a, a household toilet business where people rent a toilet for their home and they pay a monthly service fee for that. And the monthly service fee ensures that the waste gets collected every month and Safely treated and transformed into compost, and that the people who are collecting the waste and maintaining the toilets are actually making a livelihood doing so. So, so that's what we're we're focusing on right now, and uh, and it's very challenging. Um, I mean, I think it's challenging anywhere to to get people to prioritize and pay for sanitation, but it's particularly challenging when people have very small amounts of disposable income to work with. So. We've found it to be a long process and we're not there yet, but, uh, we're primarily focusing on developing the social business now.
0: Okay. And so how long has this, uh, sort of pivot and this new approach been going on for at this point? We,
1: we first started thinking about the social business in 2009, and okay. um, However, when the earthquake happened in 2010, we we stopped all of our work. just focused on emergency response. Right. I would say that that, that we really sunk our teeth into it in late 2012.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm trying to remember when we met originally at the Clinton Global Initiative. I don't remember what year that was. Do you? I think this was after you had already started up that social purpose business. I think so. I think it was 2011, maybe. Is that possible? Uh
1: Uh yeah, it is definitely possible. I have okay. the most memory of anyone
0: but <laughs> go within in that time range, yes. <laughs> in that time range, exactly. Okay. Um I so I'm curious also about um Well, there's two things. So number one, I was looking on your site, and I remember from our original discussion, this came up as well. um, The whole aspect of how you distinguish yourself from others on the ground, and and specifically with regards to um, using local resources and um, local people, like human capital, um, as well as community engagement, all those types of things seems to be uh, very important to the work that you do and to the success you've had um, Can you go into that a bit about the importance of, of people on the ground and working with them uh, in tandem with them to get the uh, the projects up and running
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that certainly our our commitment to really place-based work has been one of the things that has allowed us to have the successes that we have had, um, I think that we we are an organization that has a a global vision of really creating a model for sanitation that can work in in vulnerable urban communities around the world. But at the same time, we ourselves are are have been in Haiti for ten years and have no plans to expand our own implementation work outside of Haiti. Mm-hmm. I think that that's just come from seeing so many very large development organizations that are that are doing work all over the world um and really trying to take the this cookie cutter approach and yeah. apply it everywhere they go and and i I've seen too much of that fail in Haiti because mm-hmm. of lack of attention to to the, the, the cultural specificities of the, the situation you're in and a, and a lack of engaging people in the work. And I would say, you know, one of the things that I feel like has helped us to to promote this new technology in Haiti has been the fact that everyone on our team really believes deeply in this to the extent that most of our staff members rent these toilets for their own homes and they pay every month for them and they use them at home and then... It means that when we go into communities and we promote this, instead of saying, you know, here's this wacky idea that, that we're coming in with, it's more, you know, this is something that I that I use, that I believe in, and can truly, genuinely promote from a place of feeling like it, it is a technology that is not just for the poor, but that's very forward thinking, and so so I think there's there's that aspect. There's the having a team who who really believe in and and use um, the technologies we're promoting. And then in terms of engaging, using local materials and and really trying to train people locally, I think that 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 again came from seeing so much of the development work in Haiti just be a a sort of a a flow-through for money to come from outside of Haiti and then eventually flow back out of Haiti. Um, either by paying foreign experts to do things or purchasing materials from outside of the country. And it felt like if we're going to be raising money to do this work, we really, we want to find a way for that money to stay within the Haitian economy. And the way to do that is to, you know, try to manufacture as much as we can from things that are purchased in Haiti and to instead of, so an example would be our, our toilet is, Handmade um, of locally available materials and and it's something it's made out of ferro cement So it's actually very easy to train people to build the toilets Which means that when we go into new communities We can train people within those communities to build those toilets and sell them to us. We've gotten a lot of you know, there's been a lot of discussion of, but wouldn't it be nicer if you got a, an injection mold made and you could just make it out of plastic um, and probably it would be cheaper to do that outside of the country and import it. And and so there's been quite a bit of discussion around this. But I think that in the end, we've felt like the more we can inject that, recirculate that money through the local economy and the more livelihoods we can create out of this, the, the better chance we have of of making a a larger impact in Haiti and of actually creating something that that you have enough
0: people that are benefiting from it
1: that they're going to want to further promote it and spread
0: it. Right. I think it's a a really, really important distinction that you don't always see uh, a lot of other organizations uh, adopt. And so, um, yeah, that really struck me um as something significant and the other thing I was I was also uh uh, specifically curious about with regards to what your your work on the ground is um this concept of of partnerships um have you had a lot of partnerships whether in the corporate sector in the public sector um sort of this cross-sectoral type of uh collaborative efforts have you have you engaged any of those
1: Yeah, I think I mean, I think that that our work is definitely built on partnerships and certainly, you know, as I said, when we first got excited about ecological sanitation, it was very much looking around the world to try to see who was doing what and and what we could learn from the lessons of others. Um, So it started out that way. and, And and since then, I mean, we we work really particularly closely with the Haitian government. So the, the tricky thing with sanitation and trying to create social businesses in the sanitation sector is that it is, a, in the end, it is a public good. That anywhere in the world where people have functioning sanitation systems, that there is a good deal of, of public sector contribution to making those work. And so... Well, it's very exciting to think about how can we create business opportunities here. It also is really important to remember that that in the end, you know, I don't think anyone's going to become a millionaire providing sanitation know. to the forest of the poor. And and in the end, there is going to be need to be public sector engagement both in terms of regulation and also in terms of cost sharing and and, and finances. And right. so. So we work really closely with the Haitian government on, on trying to develop a mixed model and looking at where can the public sector step in and contribute, and at what points can we can we make a business out of this? Um, so I'd say they're they're our strongest partner, and then we definitely work with corporations in Haiti. So we're trying to set up mobile payments so that people can pay with their cell phone for the service and. That's involved a lot of dialogue and, and collaboration with Digicel, who are the largest telecommunications provider in Haiti. Right. Um, and then a lot of our materials we're, we're sourcing from companies in Haiti. So, so a big one is, in order to make the toilets work, you need dry carbon material to flush them with. Um, and to do that, we need to find agricultural businesses that have ag waste that we can use. So. We work with a couple of rum manufacturers who have leftover sugarcane bagasse. Um, we work with some peanut butter manufacturers who have peanut shells that they contribute. And We're looking for more partnerships in the ag sector. I'd say we, we can collaborate with a lot of nonprofits because, like it or not, Haiti is still the, the, the republic of NGOs and is filled mm-hmm. with all sorts of um, different types, small to large nonprofits, and and many of them are working in sanitation. So we try to do a lot of educational workshops on on ecological sanitation. And then also, if we're working in the same neighborhoods, we try to coordinate and partner up as we can.
0: That's great. And so what would be some, if you can offer any, lessons learned from establishing this partnership? Because I'm always curious about how... Um, so different people come together, but yet they can do it. I'm just wondering what you've learned what were the challenges maybe of doing that and as you move forward yeah that. i
1: mean those are those are interesting because you there's sort of two ways that you can come at them, and one is is saying you know if you can figure out a way to do this here's the mutual benefit here's yeah. how it's you here 's how it's going to help us and ideally, for them, that would also be a financial benefit right. And that's, that's tricky. And, and an example of that would be with the agricultural waste. Mm-hmm. So a lesson we learned is that when we started doing this, we would go to these companies and we'd say, we really need your agricultural waste. And, and they would say, Ooh, there's a need, there's a need. Then I mean, here's so much you can pay us for it. Right, right. Um, and then we, we learned again, a little later than we would have liked to have, but we learned that really the way to come to them is to say, Oh, I see that you seem to have a waste management challenge ah. here, and we have a solution for you. So we can help you get rid of your waste um, more cheaply than you're doing right now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If come at it that way, then they see us almost as a service provider who can take their waste away for, right. you know, ideally they would pay us. to do. We haven't actually achieved that yet where anyone pays us to do it, but we have gotten yeah. to do it where they can say, oh, we'll give it to you for free because that's less expensive than us paying someone right. to finish it. Yes. Um, so that was a huge lesson in framing and really thinking it through before you go into those partnerships. Um, and then the other the other approach to partnerships with corporations is through corporate social responsibility. Yes. And I would say we do play off that a lot, especially with bigger corporations like Digicell. hmm because they they do a lot of CSR activities in Haiti. They are very socially committed, and so we're able to sort of use that social commitment to say, hey, we could really use your support with promoting, you know, this mobile money use here, or or, or can you give us some free cell phone minutes that we can use in a raffle. So I, I think those are the two different approaches is either there's some mutual benefit or the mutual benefit is just that you get, you get good social points for it. Um, and you care about that.
0: And again, good lessons learned there for, for you um, in the, in terms of approach and with the public sector and the nonprofit sector, I would assume it's a very, it's a different beast uh, in terms of those partnerships. Any, any challenges or lessons from those experiences?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the the challenge with nonprofits is that they're very, very donor driven, and so it it means that their strategies are, are are quite set by what donors' strategies are, and those those don't always align with needs. I mean, and I think that that's a challenge we have as a nonprofit. Certainly, is how do we how do we put together the needs of the community, which are quite dynamic, with mm-hmm. the the needs of our donors, and so. What it means is that we field a ton of requests from nonprofits saying, I'm working in this neighborhood and I'd like you to come implement your model here. And we say, well, you know, strategically, we're actually focusing on these geographical areas and we right. can't really expand to those. And so I think that's the big challenge with working with nonprofits is how do you align your own strategic needs, but the actual needs of the communities and the needs of their donors that, mm. that they are responsive to.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that. I can see that. Um, what are you most proud of in terms of what Soil has accomplished, um, its impact, anything that you can think of? What are you most proud of? I mean, I think that I am
1: definitely what what, what keeps me going. Certainly, is the is the passion of our team, and I think that internally, I'm I'm most Proud of the fact that that we do have a group of people who believe so passionately and, and truly in the work that we're doing that, that they would actually take on this technology and pay for it themselves. I think that to me that that feels like in and of itself a huge achievement. Um, and I think that you know, in, in in Haiti, I feel like the the fact that we have right now just over a thousand families that are paying for our service. But in a country where there there is no no history of paying for sanitation at all, um, and where people do have such limited means, the the fact that people that the that, that people have gotten to a point where they recognize the importance of sanitation enough that they would place enough value on it to actually use some of their disposable income to put towards that mm-hmm. I think it represents a, a real shift in mindset um, in terms of people understanding the importance of sanitation and I think that for us it's a real there, there would be no no greater way to sort of signify approval for the work that we're doing than to have people, choose to to pay for that. So so I feel like that's a real stamp of approval that we get from communities. And it's something that when you use a a strictly humanitarian NGO approach, you're never sure. I mean, because I would I would take almost anything for free that people wanted to offer me. But (laughs) if I pay for it, it means that I actually value it. So so I think that's that that feels very important to us that people value the work enough to pay for it
0: thank you for listening to in the business of change be sure to subscribe to our podcast to hear other conversations with inspired social entrepreneurs and change makers working on challenges in their communities and across the globe i'm your host elisa